Hi, Pastor Bob Yanyan. For the past two days, we've been teaching on the power of Satan, demons, fallen angels, and even talking about giants in the Word of God. Today, we're going to talk about names of demons found in the Word of God, what they mean, and how we can have authority and power over them in the name of Jesus. Join me today in the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back to Student of the Word. The past couple of lessons broadcast, we've been studying on the subject of angels and demons and Satan himself and giants that were found in the earth back in Genesis chapter six. We've just about narrowed it down. We're gonna be talking today and possibly into tomorrow on fallen angels and demons, talk about the difference between the two from the word of God. And I'm teaching out of my series called Angels and Demons. If you'd like to get a hot copy of this, They'll come on at halftime, tell you how that you can have a copy, and uh, you'll be blessed by it. So again, thank you for all of you who out there have been watching me for uh, at least 10 years I've been on television. Just want to thank you for being a faithful watcher, and also for those who are faithful to be partners with me, thank you also. For those who occasionally give, thank you. For those who pray for the broadcast, thank you. Listen, I need all the prayer and the finances partners, all these different things, because you know what? The ministry just keeps expanding, and it's such a blessing to have you as a partner on this thing, and I can't do it by myself. I still have these people say, yeah, but you know, God is the one that makes it all possible. That's true, but you know what? He doesn't rain down money. You're the one that causes it to go out. God makes it possible through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through the revelation that he gives, but to take this from me, to take it to other people, it demands people. So again, thank you for being faithful. And many of you who are blessing me have been changed by this broadcast. And because you were changed, you're helping me get to other people for change too. Thank you again. I think of the women that followed Jesus. Many of them were uh, former prostitutes, women who had been helped by Jesus' ministry. And because they loved him so much, out of that love they gave to him. I trust that the basis of your support of this broadcast is your love toward God. And next of all, your love toward me and the gift that's inside of me. And listen, I, I realized at a young age and God began to open up the door for me when I was in college and things just began to happen from that time on where I took on ministry and then pastored for 33 years, taught at Raymond Bible Training Center. And now I'm a regular teacher at Andrew Womack's Bible College, Karis. And so again, God just continues to bless, but you know what? The blessings are not for me to be held inside of me. I love seeing lives change through the revelation of the word of God. And then many of them come back and tell me what they saw from the word of God and give me whole new ideas for a sermon. So you see, we feed off each other. Thank you again. So if you'd like to become a partner with me, go to bobyandian.com and you'll find there on my webpage, a place where you can become a partner with me. Thank you so much. Even for those about to do it, thank you in advance. Second Peter chapter two, I want you to turn there with me. We're talking about fallen angels and we've been discussing it. In this section, we'll also point out again that fallen angels are not demons. Okay, and that fallen angels here are those that have been, and those that are fallen angels have been bound under the earth ever since the time the flood ended. After the flood, they were put in a place under the earth called Tartarus. There's a compartment there that, and they're still there, and some of them, and at least one of them are even named, are going to be released during the tribulation, and we'll talk about that here during 
this during this section I'm teaching right here. Second Peter chapter two, take a look at verses four and five. Here it says, if God spared not the angels who sinned, these are the fallen angels, but cast them down to hell. The word is not really hell Gehenna like we've had in other places in the word of God. The word is Tartarus. This is the name for the place. In fact, this name is found in Greek mythology and uh, Tartarus is mentioned there and it's, it's actually taken from a biblical term, a biblical name. If God spared not the angels who sinned, but cast them down to Tartarus and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and he spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of ungodliness. It was right after this time. This, what, the reason why it's brought up here about the time of Noah, this was the time when they were separated and put there. And we pointed out that they had a lot to, to do in Genesis chapter 6 in bringing in the giants. And so again, if you want to know that, Again, uh, the first broadcast that I've done, the first two, you can go back and find them in the archives and uh, especially on YouTube. So let's go to, again, this verse of scripture. He said, spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. The old world at this time he's talking about was the world that was before the time of the flood. When, they, when the fallen angels roamed the earth, giants were roaming the earth, all types of sin and perversion were roaming the earth, and God destroyed all of that, and eight people were saved. And then right after that, the angels again had sex with women and they caused giants to come into this earth. And so God stopped all of that. And the number of, of, of the giants froze right there for a long period of time. And then the ones that finally put them down were the children of Israel when they came into the promised land. And later David himself and the men that were with him killed the last five of the giants that remained on the earth. And so people have taken them as part of mythology. I think mythology got it from the word of God. I think mythology got it from the actual events that happened back there and where mythology took it and stretched it and all these things that actually did happen. And uh, this is brought out again in Genesis chapter six. Let's talk about what happened after that time when the uh, angels were bound in Tartarus and uh, what's going to happen in the days to come. In the time of the tribulation, Revelation chapter 9 and verse 11 tells us that one of them is going to be released during the tribulation as the leader over the swarms of armies of demons that are compassing the earth and his name that he's released is Apollyon or Abaddon. Both names are given for this one fallen angel, and he'll be released at that time in Revelation chapter 9 and verse 11. There seems to be from other places in the book of Revelation that others of those fallen angels are released at that time, but not all of them. They're kept in chains under the earth waiting for the time of their judgment, and they will be judged. And at that time, they'll be cast into hell for a thousand years, and after that, they'll be cast in the lake of fire forever and forever at the end of the millennium. So again, we come back to it. Demons are not fallen angels. They're disembodied spirits of a race that was on the earth before Adam. We've covered this in the first uh, two broadcasts, but there was a race here on this earth before Adam. It's told again in the Old Testament and in two or three cases mentioned in the book of First uh, Peter and Second Peter, they're mentioned there again. And so they might've been part animal, part human. We don't know what these what these demons were, but they were disembodied spirits of some kind of race that was here before Adam. Like fallen angels, demons were not created evil beings, but became fallen beings by choice. When Lucifer fell, they chose to go with him. The angels that fell from heaven chose to go with Lucifer. Those on the earth, all of them decided to follow after Lucifer, who became Satan, and then they remained as demons after they died. 
their spirits still roamed the earth at that time and roamed the earth during the uh, millenniums when the earth was in darkness and covered with ice. The, uh, the water that came on the earth froze on the earth. And then in Genesis chapter one and uh, verse two, uh, this is when it started uh, uh, again, warming the earth, the, uh, the Holy Spirit roamed the Holy Spirit roaming the earth, warmed the earth, the water began to melt. Lucifer and fallen angels, though, are different than the demons. They never had physical bodies as demons once did. Remember, demons are disembodied spirits of a race that was here before Adam. They had a body. When the bodies died, they roamed looking for bodies. Angels, including Lucifer, fallen or elect, never had a physical body to desire one. In fact, they don't need to desire a physical body because why? Yet, as angels fall and elect, they can take on a physical body at will. They can be touched, and uh, they can leave that body at will. We can speak to them, reason with them. We find angels throughout the Old Testament just appearing as human beings. And they talked to Abraham. Four of them came and met and talked with Abraham. Three went their way, and the one went on into the city to deliver a lot from Sodom and his family from Sodom. And then the Sodomites saw this gorgeous creature, this human being looking person who was an angel, wanted to have sex with this angel, and the angel just struck them blind at that time. And so we find here in these verses of scripture that angels can take on a human body. Abraham talked to three of them. Again, like I said before, Lot's rescue and the fourth one went on to, into the city of Sodom. And then Gabriel stood before Daniel giving God's plan and he looked like a human being. Gabriel appeared to Mary, to Joseph and Zacharias before the birth of Jesus Christ. And again, st stood there and talked to them. They recognized him as an angel. But again, he wasn't just something you could see through. He wasn't like smoke or something. He actually had, at that time, a physical body. Angels can take on a physical body, then leave it. So they don't desire to have a body. They're not seeking for a body as demons are because demons cannot manifest themselves as they would like to unless they're inside of a body and they prefer humans. And so we are told to beware. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, we are told to beware because we can entertain angels unawares. Notice this, we think they're human beings. We don't detect that they're angels. And I've heard so many stories, and perhaps you know some, too, of people that were in drastic trouble, and some stranger walked up and helped them get out of it, then just suddenly disappeared. Uh, stories that went for a while uh, here in churches while, the, while revival was going on back in the time of the charismatic movement, there was stories around of of two hitchhikers and people would stop to pick them up. They got in the back seat and they just talked about the goodness of God, these two hitchhikers. And when the people decided to talk to them and answer their question, they turned around, they were gone. And so this happened so many times. My wife's cousin had a uh, blowout and she lived in Southern California on the, on the freeway and she pulled off to the side and a stranger came up, a man came up and helped her change the tire. And then suddenly she turned around to thank him, he was gone. And so she's a Christian and so she understood that at the time. And so angels can appear as humans and be spoken to. They can disappear as quickly as they have appeared. Demons seek a body because they once had one. Demons will lastly take on an unclean animal's body, but they prefer a human body. But if it's not available, they will take on an unclean animal's body. This is why I say they might've been partly animal, 
partly human, but they prefer a human body uh, best as to an animal's body. In Matthew chapter seven and verse six, Jesus mentioned two types of animals here. And he says, do not give what is holy to dogs, neither cast your pearls in front of swine. Dogs and swine were considered unclean animals. It said they may trample them under their feet and turn against you and fear you. Demons chose to enter pigs one time. In Matthew chapter eight, verse 30 through 32, before Jesus cast the demons out, they said, just cast us into that uh, herd of swine. And so Jesus did cast them in the herd of swine and all the pigs ran over a cliff and they drowned in the water. And so demons and uh, demons choose pigs, but they've also chosen dogs. In some country I've gone to, uh, the uh, missionaries will tell us at night, you can hear out there in the, in the, in the uh, woods and stuff, you can hear it in the forests, is uh, dogs screaming and, and yelping and stuff in the nighttime. They said that's because they're demon possessed. But demons overall prefer to have a human host. Elect angels and demons are always present for both are under the church's authority. We need to understand that. Even though they're sent from Satan and Satan's powerful, yet we have authority over those demons. Hebrews chapter one and verse 14 tells us that we have authority over elect angels, even those. And it says that they are sent, ministers sent out to minister for us who shall be heirs of salvation. And then Luke 10, 19 tells us we have authority over demons to cast them out, to take authority over them. And so we simply find out that whether they be elect angels or whether there are demons, in both cases, we have authority over them, but one is in, under us in authority over righteousness to go do righteous acts for us and help us in righteousness. The other, which are unrighteous, we have the power to cast them out and take authority over them. I will see you as soon as the break is over. Do angels really exist today? What is their purpose? How do they appear in the earth? What about demons? Where did they come from? Are they fallen angels? And can they actually possess a person? In 15 audio lessons on Angels and Demons Flash Drive, Bob Yandian teaches what the Bible has to say in a comprehensive topical study of angels and demons. Lesson series include Angels, God's Messengers, A Study of Angels, The Christian and Demons, and A Study of Demons. MP3 audio files can be played on computers, MP3 players, smartphones, tablets, iPads, and iPhones as well as car audio systems equipped with a USB port. To order Angels and Demons, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, Come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com.
Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Let's go to the Word of God and find out names for demons found in the Word of God, the Hebrew and the Greek names that we're going to take a look at. And if you want to just write these down because I'm not going to quote them, Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 7 and 2 Chronicles 11.15. Again, Leviticus 17.7 and 2 Chronicles 11.15. The name for demons there is Sayer, S-A-I-R, and the Hebrew word means hairy one, rough, a he-goat, in fact, it's interesting, goats and goat heads are satanic symbols even till today, and they have been for centuries. On the Day of Atonement, a goat was used for the sin substitute, the scapegoat, where a sacrificial lamb was offered here for the people. A sin substitute, which was the scapegoat, was sent out into the wilderness, and the priests laid their hands on the head of that scapegoat and sent it out, in essence, putting all the sins of the world on the scapegoat. He was banished off into the wilderness as Jesus spent three days and three nights the heart of the earth and a type of the one that the person that carried our sins away. And so in that, it was a goat that was used, a symbol of when Jesus Christ actually took on sin and is like almost like Satan had control of him for those three days and three nights. It was sent out. And then after that, all sin was paid for and Jesus was raised from the dead and delivered from principalities, powers, mights, and dominions, and then made a show of them openly. So it comes back to this again on the day of atonement. A goat was used for the sin substitute, the scapegoat. You know, it's, a, it's amazing. Again, goats and goats' heads are used for satanic emblems today. And yet uh, we go back and people often say, yes, but you know, uh, I still think demons are fallen angels. Listen, Satan is a fallen being, a fallen angel, and he is gorgeous. I mean, he really, when he appeared in the garden, I mean, he must have just knocked Eve off her feet. She must have thought that is the most incredible creature I've ever seen. The Bible says he comes in as, as an angel of light. But I'm telling you this, demons do not look like that. All paintings and visions of demons through the centuries show them as hairy, monkey-like creatures, not angels. And again, this word sayer in the Hebrew means a hairy one, a rough one, a he-goat. That's what the word means. You know, uh, there's been people in my congregation told me through the years they saw visions of angels around me. While I was preaching, a big angel, one of them told me one day, said I was looking, and there were demons in here. And the more you preach, the more they just kept backing up and said, what they look like? They said, they look like little hairy monkeys. They said they were, you know, just, just mean looking, angry looking, but they didn't look like angels. Again, they're a completely different category because demons are disembodied spirits of a race that was here before Adam. The second word is found in Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse 17, also in Psalm 106 and verse 37. And the Hebrew word here, let me give you those scriptures again, Deuteronomy 32, 17, and Psalm 106 verse 37 is the word shed, S-H-E-D. And the word means a destroyer, demons who manifest themselves around the worship of idols. They are destroyers. And so they don't come for anything to bless, to be good, but they come to destroy. Satan has come to, to kill, to seek, and to destroy. This is what his emblem is. And those who follow them, demons, are the ones, again, called destroyers. Let's talk about Greek names in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 
chapter 8 and verse 31, and in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 14, is where we come up with the word for demon, because the Greek word here is daimon, D-A-I-M-O-N, and it's speaking of demons in general, the whole host of demons. Matthew 8, 31 again, Revelation 16, 14, this word daimon is used, and it's just a word where we get the general word for demon. It could be, you know, uh, there's different ranks of demons that we find. And so some that rule over nations and some that rule over, uh, you know, principalities and, and cities and all that, then the ones that, that inhabit people and come into them. So again, this word daimon is just a reference to all the demons in general. The next one is in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 22 and, and Matthew chapter 9 and verse 33, the word daimonion is used where we get the word dominion. This is also a word for de demon as the other one was, sounded a lot like it, but this is specifically attached to a particular problem. When there's a demon over a particular problem, then we have this word used again. Matthew 7.22 and Matthew chapter 9 and verse 33. The next one is where we get the word demonized. When a person is actually possessed or vexed with the devil, they're called demonized. And this word is found in Matthew 9.32 and Matthew 15.22, daimonadzai. And this word means, again, demonized. And so we get the word right from that. The Greek word, again, sounds just like the English word. And then we find the last one in Matthew 8, 16 and Acts 19, 12. All spirits, if we take a look at spirits, evil spirits, good spirits, unbelievers, believers, spirits, again, if you take and put all those together, they are coming on the word demon. And sometimes the word pneuma, which is used for the spirit, Holy Spirit, your human spirit, can be used for demons too because they are spirit beings. We are just born again and we have a great spirit, a recreated spirit, but there are evil spirits out there. So when all these are looked at, good and bad spirits all over, and again, a spirits originally came from God, but many of them became perverted like Lucifer by his own will turning against God, we have the word pneuma, and pneuma is the word for breath. But here we have again, spirit, pneumatic comes from this, and, and pneumonia comes from this, again, the word for breath. So we have those who are found here again by context, evil. Again, Matthew 8, 16 and Acts chapter 19 and verse 12. Let's take a look at some just New Testament titles for demons and getting down to individual types of demons. We find in Luke chapter 7 and verse 21 and Acts chapter 19 and verse 12, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 again, Luke 7, 21, Acts 19, 12, Ephesians 6, 12, we have the word evil spirits. And the word evil there simply is talking about a malignant evil, grows worse and worse like malignancy when it comes to cancer. And so this is one that it's evil, but this thing keeps growing and more evil. And possibly the reason why it can grow more evil is more and more demons come to inhabit a person. So as it does, this becomes worse and worse. And many times the Bible will talk about that it began like this, but it ended like this. And I've had people also, I've had a woman I remember in Colorado that was in the prayer line and she was demon possessed and there were many demons inside of her. And the lady that brought her said it started out small, but it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so these are evil spirits or a malignant evil 
growing worse and worse. I cast the devil out of her. In fact, it was interesting with her. She was so resistant. She stood there like a brick. I mean, even the ushers couldn't move her. They tried. I mean, she was like, you know, again, like a wall. They couldn't do anything with her. And I finally just told the demon to turn loose of her for just a moment so I could talk to her. Because I was casting the thing out and nothing seemed to be happening. And I asked her, do you want to be released of this demon? And she said, yes. And suddenly that demon took over her again. And so I told him, she doesn't want you. I don't want you. God doesn't want you. In the name of Jesus, get out of her. And suddenly she was set free. And so again, we have here these evil spirits, the malignancy of growing worse and worse and worse. Next of all, we have foul spirits or unclean spirits. Unclean means impure sexually impure, pornography, child sex, homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, self-mutilation, and this word is found in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. You know, I've had people tell me before, well, Jesus never met a homosexual, never even mentioned homosexuality. There didn't seem to be problems with homosexuality, but there must have been homosexuals. So why are we making such a big deal when Jesus didn't even mention them? The Bible mentions unclean spirits in Jesus' ministry that cast them out more than any other type of spirit. So homosexuality was very big in that time and Jesus cast them out. And so these were more prolific demons in Jesus' day, the most prolific demon in Jesus' day, because it's the most common type that Jesus cast out, unclean spirits. In Luke chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, we have spirits of infirmity. This is weakness or sickness, and these are spirits attached to a particular disease. And so again, like a disease comes in, you we might think of them, and we try to treat it with natural uh, things. We put you know medicines inside of us. We go see doctors. But when it comes back to it, if it comes back to it, it's a demon, it needs to be cast out. Luke 13, verses 11 and 12, Jesus faced spirits of infirmity, and this word infirmity stands for physical weakness or sickness. And so the last one we have here, and this is also called spirits of divination. And uh, this is the word puthon. It's where we get the word python from. It's a cult, it's witchcraft, it's attached to that. And those who visit these seances, those that go to these occult practices and stuff, even if it's out of curiosity, have to be careful because demons are present there. And in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, we have the little girl that followed Paul. She kept crying out, these are servants of the most high God, Paul and his team. And though she was called, had a spirit of divination. It's attached to also a seducing spirit. First Timothy 4.1 deals with this, a seducing spirit, because again, a spirit of divination, like many other demons, approach you as something else, and pretty soon you open yourself up, and they become a part of your life, seducing spirits. And the word seducing means a deceiver or an imposter. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 tells us in the last days there would be seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. So angels, fallen or elect are beautiful creatures, light beings, captivating to see and perfect in beauty. Demons are extensions of the nature of the flesh. I'm going to say this again. They're beautiful creatures. They're wonderful to look at. And just like your flesh, it can make it sound so good, you know, to, to stray off the path with God. The flesh can lead you in the wrong direction. That's exactly what demons do. Demons take advantage of the things that are inside of you. Demons are extensions of the nature of the flesh. Problems of the flesh have a corresponding demon. 
But like any problem of the flesh, not every problem is a demon. I've had people try to cast things out of people. I said, look, I think that's just their flesh. They're doing it because they want to. Now, yes, a demon can take advantage of that. And a demon can eventually come and, and control a person. Galatians 5.19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. You don't need a demon to get into adultery, but you get into adultery and you can have a demon, again, harassing you at the time, forcing you, pushing you in that direction. Fornication is the same thing along with adultery, fornication. The next word is uncleanness. The third one has to do with sexual perversion. This is homosexuality, lesbianism, uncleanness. This is the word I told you also that there were unclean spirits attached to the works of the flesh. So any work of the flesh has a corresponding demon. You don't need the demon to get into it. It's already there in your flesh pushing you in that direction. But once you fall for it, get enough into it, demons can come and attach themselves to your life. Demons cannot overtake you apart from your own will. James chapter one and verse 14, it says, every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Again, for those of you watching today, we're going to be into this tomorrow also, taking up some more on this. There'll be four lessons all together. But I simply want to thank you for watching. For those of you who are partners again with us, thank you. If you'd like to become a partner with me, man, would I love it. There's so many things I want to do, and the partners that are with me are so faithful. I want to thank you, faithful partners, for doing that. But if you'd like to become a partner with me, you love the broadcast, you love the teaching, you're growing by it, then why not share with me financially and your prayers to cause this thing to expand even greater. Go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place where you can become a partner with me. Thank you. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.